Be a winner at the game of life. That's what we're talking about this month here at Lakeview Church. And I do want to just add my welcome to what Pastor Jared said just a a couple of moments ago. Uh, We're so very glad that you're here. We know that there are lots of things you can do on a weekend. And the fact that you're taking a little bit of time out of your weekend to be here with us, we're so honored. And we just want to say thank you. And especially if this is your first time, we're so very glad that you're here and we hope that you'll find Lakeview to just be a place where you can settle in and call this home. I do want to just take a moment before we go any further in this service and especially just look right into that camera as we do each and every week and just welcome those of you who are joining us online today. We're so very glad that you're here, whether you're watching this live in this moment, enjoying that Pop-Tart that Pastor Jared was talking about, or... If you're watching this sometime later on demand and maybe also enjoying a Pop-Tart at that point, we're so very glad that you're here. And I know everyone here in the room wants to just say hi to those who are joining us online. We are in a series called The Game of Life, and in essence, what we're doing during this entire series is we're just looking at the scriptures to say, what are the godly biblical principles that apply to real life so that we can win at the game of life? There are lots of things that we have to manage in life to be effective and to actually make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. And so we've just been digging into the scriptures to say, what are the principles, and so we started this series a couple of weeks ago talking about the object of the game of life and what does it look like and what does it mean for us to win at the game of life. And then last week we talked about decision making. This morning we're going to talk about God's perspective on money and then we'll have two weeks left in this series. Next week we're going to talk about what happens when life throws you a curveball and how do you adjust and adapt to those moments so that even in, the, in those moments when a curveball comes your way, you can still hit it. And you can, you can actually get on base and, and actually do what God wants you to do. And we're gonna talk about that next week. And then we'll conclude the series the first Sunday of September by talking about how do we navigate relationships in life. And so that's where we're at in the series. Again, this morning, we're gonna be talking about money. And aren't you glad you came to church today? I know that that's everyone's favorite topic when you come to church, that we're going to talk about money. And and if you're new here, you say, of course we're going to talk about money. Isn't that all the church does? They just talk about money. Well, the reality is, is that that's not true. We actually don't talk about money that often, but, but it is something that we must manage well in our lives according to biblical principles, because if we don't, Money can control our lives and actually take us away from what God intends for us to experience in this life. And so we are going to talk about money today, and we're going to really dig into a passage of Scripture where Jesus teaches us about the perspective we should have on money and how to put money in its right place in our lives. And so if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And if you don't have a Bible, I want to just set you at ease because everything from the Scriptures that I'm going to read this morning is going to be on the screen. So you'll be able to follow along and and track with us as we walk through our time together. But if you don't have a Bible and you would like to have one, we would love to give you one. 
And so if you don't have a Bible and you'd like to have one, all you need to do is visit our welcome desk right after the service today, and we will put a Bible in your hands free of charge. You don't have to pay a dime for it because we want you to have the word of God in your hands, and we would love to do that for you. So if you don't have a Bible, make sure you stop at our welcome desk. Just ask them for one, and they'll give it to you, and you'll have your very own Bible that you can use to study the scriptures together. But this morning, we're going to dig into Matthew chapter 6. This is a great passage of scripture because in this passage, Jesus really talks to us about how money needs to fit in our life. And, and he really is going to talk to us about the fact that there are different ways that we can approach life. One of them is a pathway that leads to worry and care and concern and anxiety, and the other pathway is a pathway that leads to God's peace and to God's provision. And so the whole reason that we're even having a message on money is because I think too many of us find ourselves on a path related to money that leads to worry and care and concern and anxiety. And that's the last thing that I want you to experience. I want you to experience God's peace and God's provision. I want you to stop thinking about your bank account and your employment and, and your retirement check as your source. And I want you to start seeing God as your source. Because I think that's what Jesus is inviting us into. So Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading in verse 19. This is what Jesus says. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this passage of scripture, Jesus, I think, gives to us two pathways that we can, we can walk on in our life as it relates to money. And I want to kind of take the next little bit of time that we have together and really just unpack both of these pathways. And I kind of want to do them side by side so that you can see kind of where these paths start, how they progress, and where they end. And as we walk through this time, I want you to, to kind of be in evaluation mode of which path you're on and what steps you might need to take in your life to make a course correction to make sure that you're on the right path, the path that God has marked out for you. And I think when you look at Matthew chapter six, what you realize pretty quickly is that there are two different starting points for these paths. And the starting point really matters because where you start will determine where you go next. And the two starting points that Jesus lays out in this passage of scripture is you can either be on a path that is connected to God where you, you make God the Lord of your life and you let him guide and direct you, or you can be on a path where you make anything else your God. In this passage, we're talking about making money your God. And so you can either have the real one true God as Lord of your life, or you can substitute some other God like money, and if you do that, it's gonna set you on a whole different path. Now, I love the way the English Standard Version says it because it says you can't serve God and money. You have to make a decision. You've got to choose which one you're going to serve. But I love the way the New Living Translation, the passage I read to you just a moment ago, says it because what the New Living Translation says is you cannot serve God. You'll either serve God or you'll be enslaved by money. Because the reality is, is that if you give your life to God, in essence, what you're saying is, God, you're going to be in control of my life. I'm surrendering control, and I'm giving it to you, and God, you will now direct my steps. But if you make money your God, you're saying the same thing just to a different God. You're saying, I'm going to give my life to you, to my money and my material possessions, and you now have control over me. And so I love the way the New Living Translation says, you're either going to serve God or you're going to be enslaved by money. And some of you might be wondering, how in the world might I be enslaved by money? I'm so glad you asked. Because I think there are two different ways that you can be enslaved by money. The first one is what I call the downward spiral of enslavement to money. And it begins when the demand for money and stuff outpaces the supply. Let me say it a different way. It's when you decide not to live within your means. When there's more things that you want or more, more money that is required than is actually coming into your life, and you, you're, you're not, it's not working. The equation's not working. There's more bills to pay than there are dollars to pay them. And some of you wanted to say amen right there. 
Because I think a lot of us know what that is like. But there's a problem that comes when we allow ourselves to buy into the mindset of the world or we make money and stuff our God and we say, I want what I want and I want it right now. And maybe I'm not willing to work more to have more income, to get the stuff that maybe I want right now. And so then we, we buy into something that our world has provided for us. And that's called debt. You see, when demand grows to a certain point in our life where we want what we want and we want it right now, but we don't have enough money to buy it right now, the world comes along and says, here's a fresh new credit card for you. No interest for 12 months. We'll even give you a $200 gift card if you open a credit account with us. Or here's a buy now, pay later scheme. And, and we want you to buy, because we want you to have what you want right now. And, and so when, when the demand gets to a certain point, we, we give ourselves to debt. And this is where the enslavement begins. Because what debt is really is basically saying, I don't have enough money today to get what I want, so I'm going to take tomorrow's money, I'm going to use tomorrow's money today so I can have what I want now, and, and there's all kinds of instruments in our world that will allow you to do this. They would love for you to do this. And so we take tomorrow's money and we use it today. But then tomorrow becomes today. And then in that moment, what we're doing now is taking today's money and we're paying for yesterday's expenses. Because we were borrowing from the future and now we have this debt that we have to pay. And oh, by the way, this is the other way the enslavement works. There's a nice little fee that you get to pay for the privilege of having debt, that's called interest. And so the $50 you spend on those jeans becomes 60 or 70 because you needed them today and you used tomorrow's money for it and now you're paying that bill off while you're still paying today's expenses and then the marketers tell you, here's something else you didn't know you needed and you borrow more money to get what you want right now. And pretty soon, if you're not careful, when the demand has outpaced the supply in your life and you've gone into debt and the debt becomes overwhelming at some point, that debt, if it becomes overwhelming enough, will lead you right into bankruptcy. That's enslavement to money. And most of us can see that. Most of us can understand that. But here's the thing. There's another way to be enslaved by money. And it's the opposite direction as the downward spiral. It's the upward spiral. It's a little more subtle, especially in America, because what I'm getting ready to describe to you is kind of what we tend to call the American dream. 
It's where you decide that you're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna live outside of your means. You're gonna live within your means and you're actually gonna work a little bit harder and you're gonna make a little bit more income. You're gonna grow your money. Now, I wanna just pause right here because some of you will hear something that I'm not saying. So I wanna make sure I say it real clearly. Financial stability is a good thing. You should live within your means and you should work hard. There are lots of things right now that are wrong in our country and some of them could be fixed if people would just decide they want to work hard. I'm not making a political statement. I'm just telling you God's given you gifts and abilities and he's given you breath in your lungs and you ought to put it to good work to see our world become everything that it's supposed to be and you ought to get paid for the work you do. Somebody should have said amen there because I thought that sounded pretty good. Listen, financial stability is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. You should work hard, you should save for those rainy days, you should stockpile some money for retirement. All of those things are good. I'm not downplaying any of them or saying that they don't matter, they matter. But I wanna just warn you, because right at that place when you start to grow your money, there's a subtle temptation that works its way in and it's the way money enslaves you on the upward spiral. Because as you begin to grow your money, you begin to live within your means, you begin, to, you begin to make a little bit more, you work a little bit harder, you get a promotion, and you're getting paid a little bit more. Now all of a sudden, you've got more resources at your fingertips, and in that very moment, this consumer-driven world that we live in begins to call to you. And with ample resources, the world becomes an endless marketplace, and you start to see new things that you never saw before that you didn't know you needed. You probably don't need them. But you think you do because marketers are really good at their job. You see that commercial, you see that ad, and you think to yourself, I never knew I needed that. But I really do need that. That's going to make my life better. And look, I've got money in my bank account. I'm supposed to have that. And then you start buying more stuff. You see, it's subtle. That's why I'm telling you about it. You've got to be careful. Because when wealth starts to hit your account, you can very easily slip into materialism. It's very subtle. Very subtle. And then when you get into materialism, if you allow yourself to go down that path, what happens next is materialism begins to grip your heart and pretty soon you just make money your God, you bow at its feet and you worship with the most popular hymn of that religion, more, more, more. I just want more. And then you're enslaved by money that way too. I don't think God wants us to go in either one of those directions. I don't think God wants you to be held captive 
to yesterday's expenses because you had to borrow money so you could have them right now. And I don't think God wants you to be held captive by greed either. Jesus says, you can't serve God and money. You can't, you can't make a decision that you're gonna serve God and be enslaved by money. You gotta make a decision. And I don't, I don't think Jesus wants us to be enslaved by money. In fact, I know he doesn't because he's teaching us about it right here in this passage. But he's not telling us something that's a foregone conclusion. He's not saying this is what's gonna happen in your life. He's telling us this so that we can be warned. You could be enslaved by money, but you don't have to be. You can start your path at a different place. You can decide that while money is going to be a part of life, because it's a part of life, I'm not telling you that money's bad and you shouldn't have any of it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you got to put money in its rightful place. And if you put it as Lord of your life, you're in a world of trouble. It's not going to end well for you. But if you put God as Lord of your life and you let, you let him dictate every part of your life, including how you look at money, then everything's going in a better direction. And I want to kind of unpack the next part of these paths because there's two starting points. And again, the starting point's critical because it determines the path you're going to take. And, and the very next part of this passage, in fact, it's where this passage begins, is that whatever starting point you choose will determine the investment strategy that you take. Jesus begins here. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And, and I love the way he says it because he knows that that's what we're tempted to do, right? It's the thing that feels like it would make the most sense because we can see those treasures. We can touch them. We can feel them. We can have them. They're ours and we can enjoy every bit of it. And Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, and, and the reason he's kind of laying out these two investment strategies, saying if you start with money as your God, if you allow yourself to be submitted to money as your Lord, your investment strategy is going to be all about earth. It's going to be about here and now. You're going to buy that new car. You're going to get that new outfit. You're going to buy that new house in that better neighborhood. You're going to get that thing you want, the thing that's going to make all your friends say, aren't you so cool? And you're going to get all that stuff, and you're going to be able to touch it and feel it and have it and hold it in your hands, and it's going to feel good for a little bit of time. But Jesus says the problem with investing in earthly things is that these earthly things, they decay. These earthly things can be devalued. The thing that you spend a lot of money for can all of a sudden one day not be worth as much. And, and it can be destroyed in a moment, right? It can just be wiped off the face of the earth and not exist anymore. And then all that you have invested in, the thing that you had, the thing that you were holding, the thing that you could touch with your fingers, it's gone. And, and it's just temporary, and listen to me, even if you could find something that didn't decay, like it was going to last forever, it was perfectly made, and, and it couldn't be devalued, it would hold its worth until the end of time. 
and no one was going to steal it. You could make it completely secure. I'm just telling you right now, it's still temporary because you can't take it with you when you go. This is not a message about not having things or getting rid of all your stuff. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. It's part of life. I'm just saying, if you make money your God, then you're going to invest in the things of this earth, and that's going to be what your life is about. We're going to be able to see everything that you've invested in because it's going to be right here, right now, and it's all temporary. Jesus says, instead, store up for yourselves treasures that are in heaven because there things don't decay and they're never devalued and no one can break in and steal them. They're perfectly secure for all of eternity. And some of you might be wondering, well, what is that? How, how do I sign up for that investment? I'm going to tell you what that investment is. Because there's only one thing that I know of from this earth that will continue on for all of eternity, and that's people. Our houses, our cars, our clothes, our stuff, none of that's going with us. Because when we get to heaven, we're going to have everything we need. It's already going to be there, and it's going to be enough. So the stuff we have here really doesn't mean that much. But what's going to heaven with us are people. And so if you want to invest in something that's going to last forever, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth because those things decay and they get devalued and they can be stolen. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Invest in something that's going to last for eternity. Invest your money in seeing the kingdom of God advance all around the globe so that men and women and children can come into a relationship with God, have their lives changed by Jesus, and spend an eternity in heaven with you at the throne of God, worshiping him forever and forever. That's an investment worth making. You start with money as your God, you'll invest in earthly things. You start with God as your God, you'll invest in heavenly things. And the next part of this passage we see is that what it really boils down to is what is the priority of our life. And, and notice that I said priority not priorities, plural. Because we get confused in life because we think we can have a set of priorities. But that actually goes against the very definition of the word. Priority isn't something that you get a list of. It's one thing. The organizing principle, the most important thing around which everything else must be organized. And if you start with money as your God, as Jesus is teaching in this passage, you're going to invest in earthly things because you're driven by one priority. You know what that one priority is? It's you. You're the priority. It's all about you. And by the way, this is the lie the enemy tells us. This is the lie the enemy tells our world right now. They make it sound so great. You do you. It's a lie. It is intended to destroy your life. If you do you, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to end well. 
because you didn't create your life and you don't have all the wisdom that you need to have to make all the decisions that you need to make. You actually need God. You need God to say, this is what I've planned for you. This is how I want you to live. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want your life to, to be. You need a God to tell you that. That's the only way to find the fulfilling life, the rich life, the satisfying life that you're after. I'm telling you right now. And the enemy just loves to come in and put you at the center. You do you. You get what you want. You want it, you can have it. You can have it right now. Put it on that credit card because you're worth it. You matter. You're that valuable. You're the best. And you just put yourself right at the center. This is why Jesus says that we go around saying, what will we wear? What will we eat? What will we drink? Because we're at the center. And Jesus says, that's what the unbelievers do. And some of us call ourselves followers of Jesus, but in reality, we are practicing atheists because we have just moved God right out of the picture to say, I follow Jesus, but I'm going to do me because I'm really what matters. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life to serve me. This is not the way Jesus intends for it to be. If you start with money and stuff as your God, I'm telling you right now, in essence, what you've done is you've said the organizing priority of my life is me. I'm what matters. So I'm gonna invest in the things of this earth and get what I want when I want it right now. On the other side, though, if we make God our, our, our starting point, we're gonna invest in the things of heaven and what's the driving priority of our lives there? It's the kingdom of God. It's what Jesus said. It's our theme verse for this whole year. Put God first. Put his kingdom first and live righteously. Make sure your life is completely submitted to the God of the universe, the one who created you, the one who formed you in your mother's womb to be exactly who he wanted you to be. That God, serve him, live for him, surrender to him, and let him guide and direct every step that you take. And if you do that, I'm telling you right now, you will never be sorry. The world will tell you that it's a horrible way to live. It's no fun. You'll never enjoy life. You'll never get what you want from it. But I'm telling you, nothing could be further from the truth. When God created you, he had this beautiful, wonderful life in mind for you to live. And if you'll just surrender to him and do what he's telling you to do, I'm telling you right now, you will find more joy, more fulfillment, more grace, more strength, more satisfaction, more meaning and purpose than you ever thought possible. And the best part of living for God is that you can live for him and with him, not just here in this earth, but for all of eternity. I'm telling you, it's the best decision you could ever make. Put God at the starting point of this pathway. Invest in the things of heaven. Make the kingdom of God the organizing priority of your life. And here's where these paths lead. The two ends of these paths. And this is how some of you are going to identify which path you're on right now. 
Because I think what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter six is that if you start with money and you invest in the things of this earth, whether you're on the downward spiral towards debt or the upward spiral towards greed, if you find yourself enslaved by money because you have, you've invested in the things of this earth and you've made yourself the organizing priority, your life right now is overrun by worry, care, and anxiety. I will guarantee it. Doesn't matter if you're trapped in debt because you're thinking, wringing your hands, thinking, how am I going to pay this bill? And oh, the credit person is calling again. The bill collectors are at my door. What am I going to do and how am I going to get out of this prison that I've built for myself? And on the other side of it, if you're on the upward spiral, you're thinking, how do I get more? I'm going to work more, longer. I'm going to give myself so I can make more money and accumulate more things so people will recognize how great I am. And you're worrying and you're full of care and you're full of anxiety as you keep climbing that ladder. And I'm telling you right now, if that's the life you want, start with money, make it your God. Invest in the things of this earth. Make it all about you. And worry, worry will just rain down in your life. And if that's what you want, go for it. I'm not going to stand in your way if that's what you want. But if you would like to have a life that's got a little more peace or maybe a lot more peace, a peace that passes all understanding. Then I'm just going to tell you the way to get there. Start with God. Make him the starting point of your path. And invest in the things of heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Put the kingdom of God as the organizing priority of your life. And if you do that, I'm telling you right now, that pathway always, always, always ends with God's peace and God's provision. And you say, I don't believe it. I'm telling you right now, Jesus said it. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and what will happen? He will give you everything that you need. He's gonna take care of you. And I know some of you, you don't buy it. You don't believe it. I'm just telling you right now, he's faithful. He never fails. Not one time. Not one time. He always comes through. I was thinking about this in my own life because when I study the scriptures, sometimes I like to put the truth of God to a test to say, does this really work? I know none of you are as ungodly as I am, but I like to do that when I study the scriptures to say, does this really work? And I was thinking about this passage of scripture and what I would share with you as we begin to bring this message to a close this morning. And I had a hard time picking a story because there are so many where God is faithfully provided. I could tell you about a season in our life as a young couple when we were here on staff at this church and our little girl, and she's still our little girl because she's not very tall, 
I just thank God for her because I'm not the shortest person in our family anymore. But when she was, when she was in her mother's womb, she stopped growing in about the seventh month of the pregnancy. And it was incredibly stressful for us. We kept going to the doctor and they kept checking all of the vital signs and, and then they would say, we need you to have an ultrasound. And so we'd go have an ultrasound and so we have like a whole photo album of ultrasounds of Annika when she was in her mother's womb. Like every 10 or 14 days, we were getting an ultrasound. And back in those days, our insurance was 80-20. Here's what I've learned. 20% of a lot is a lot. We had hospital bills for our daughter. She was the most expensive child that we had. And I remind her of that quite frequently. We had hospital bills we couldn't pay. We didn't know where the money was going to come from. I came to church one day, parked our van in the parking lot. I locked the doors. I lock them every time I get out of the car. I worked here all day in the office. It was time for me to go home. I went out to our van and there was an envelope sitting on the seat. The van door is still locked. I opened up that envelope and there was exactly, exactly the amount that was needed to pay that bill. Not a few dollars more, not a few dollars less, what was needed. I don't have any idea how that envelope got into that van. If you put it there, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Because I know where it came from. You may have put it there, may have been your doing, but it came from God. It came from God. And for that story, I could tell you 30 more where God came through in situations where no one else knew what we needed, but God knew exactly what we needed and he moved on someone's heart and they gave that money or I got a little bit of extra work that paid for something that we needed to get done. Listen, I don't know how God does it, but he does it. He's faithful. He shows up and when you live with him as your Lord, when you put him first and you invest in the kingdom of heaven and you make sure that his kingdom is the priority that's driving everything that you do, I'm telling you right now, you will live in God's peace and God's provision and it will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. And that's what I want for you. I know we started this message by saying we're going to talk about money and some of you wanted to stop listening in that moment because you thought, here we go. This has nothing, nothing to do with what the church wants from you. It's all about what the church wants for you. We want you to live in God's peace and God's provision because I don't know a better place to live. It's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's where God wants you to be. And so as we close this message this morning, I'm gonna invite you just to bow your heads, close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking around because I wanna give you just personal, private space right now to just do some reflecting. And I'm gonna ask you to respond in just a moment. 
And here's what I'm asking you to consider today. Have you, maybe intentionally, maybe inadvertently, made money and stuff your God? Have you put yourself at the center, the organizing principle and priority? Have you decided that you're going to invest in the things of this earth? And do you find yourself today full of worry and care and anxiety when it comes to money and stuff? If you do today, if that's where you're at right now, I'm asking you, would you lay down money as your God and make God your God? And if you say, you know what, I think that's me today. I think, I've, I think I've been enslaved to money and I wanna be set free from that and I wanna make God the Lord of my life. I wanna do that right now. If that's you, I just wanna, I want you to raise your hand because I wanna pray for you. No one's looking around, but if that's you today, just raise your hand and keep it up because I wanna pray for you. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God, right now, I just want to pray for everyone whose hand is raised. Lord, people all around this room, all different ages, all different stages, all different places of life. God, you see their hearts right now. And not just those in this room, but those who are watching online right now. God, I just pray that you would be close to each and every one of them. In this very moment, would you help them to lay down money as their God? and to find themselves placing you as the Lord of their life. Make the kingdom of God the priority around which everything else gets organized and let them see their resources as something that can be invested in things that will last for eternity. And God, most importantly right now, I just want to pray that for those laying down money as their God and putting you in your rightful place, would you just rain down peace and provision on them right now? Meet their needs and draw close to them. Give them a peace which passes all understanding. Guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus right now. If you had your hand raised, you can put that down. I wanna just ask one more group of people in this room because there may be someone here this morning who has never decided to follow Jesus and this conversation about money maybe isn't the first one that you need to have. Maybe the first conversation is, I think I wanna follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you made a decision a long, long time ago, but you've walked away, and right now you just wanna come back and say, I wanna follow Jesus for the rest of my life. If that's you this morning, I wanna just invite you to raise your hand because I wanna lead you in a prayer this morning. Would there be anyone here who says, today is my day, I wanna begin to follow Jesus? I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. If you just raised your hand just to 
begin this journey of following Jesus, I'm gonna just pray a prayer and I want you to kind of repeat this prayer in your own heart. You can say it out loud if you want to, but you don't have to. Just say, Jesus, I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, I thank you for making it possible for my sins to be forgiven, for my life to be changed. Jesus, I wanna start a brand new path today. I'm giving you every part of my life. Have your way in me. Change me. Shape me. Form me to be the person that you want me to be. And help me to live the life that you've called me to live. And Jesus, thank you for saving my soul right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And we just had three people who raised their hand to say, I'm gonna follow Jesus and we wanna celebrate with them. And there were more than a dozen people who were saying, I want God to be Lord of my life. I don't wanna be enslaved by money anymore. God is at work and we ought to just give him praise. Can we just take a little bit of time and just say thank you, God, for what you're doing? And God is at work among us. He's changing us and he's shaping us. And we just need to keep letting him do his work. I'm gonna invite Pastor Jared to come. He's gonna give us some instructions as we close out our service. So Pastor Jared, lead us, please. Well, that was a good